Welcome to our ancient future story, Navigating Scripture Through the Eyes of Family, where I share with you biblical stories as a family member would share a story around the dinner table. As children of God, we are a part of God's family, and His family story has a lot of history. Each week, we will take one story and talk about it, the cultural, historical, geographical, and sociological impacts. We will be looking at these stories from the perspective of our ancestors through the lens of ancient times in hopes of learning more about our family. This is our Ancient Future Story. Welcome back to our Ancient Future Story. I'm Vic. And I am so excited to share with you a story today. I know it has been a while since we had our last podcast, but I'm really excited to get back into it and tell you today's story. We ended our last podcast with Abraham's reconciliation with God. Yahweh provided a lamb for sacrifice and established an atonement for the broken relationship. But today we pick up almost 15 years later. Isaac is a young man now. Sarah has passed away, and Abraham is far beyond well advanced in years. And Abraham is finding a way for his son to get married. This is a beautifully crafted love story. Surprisingly, Isaac and Rebecca are probably the most stable of all the patriarch relationships. And today, we are going to see their origin story. So, grab a cup of coffee or something to drink and get ready to hear the story of Isaac and Rebecca. We open our story with Abraham calling the oldest servant, the one he put in charge of his whole estate, and says to him, Put your hand under my thigh and swear an oath by Yahweh that you will not take a wife for my son from the women of Canaan, but that you will go to the land of my father and find a wife for Isaac. Historical fun fact. The phrase, put your hand under my thigh, is a euphemism, but more on that later. The servant asked Abraham, but what if she does not want to come with me? Then what? Abraham replied, if that is to happen... Do not take my son Isaac there. I believe Yahweh told me to your offspring I will give this land. So I know that the angel will go before you and help you find a wife for my son. But if she does not wish to return with you, you will be freed from this oath. Then they swore the oath concerning this matter. Then Abraham's servant took ten camels and departed from Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. When they arrived, he made the camels kneel outside the city and waited for evening, when all the women of the town would come to the well to draw water. When evening approached, Abraham's servant got down on his knees and prayed, saying, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success in finding a wife for my master's son. I'm standing by the spring of water. Let the women to whom I say, please draw me water to drink. And who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels also. 
Let her be the one you have for Isaac. By this I will know that you love my master Abraham. And before he finished speaking, a young woman came out to draw water from the well. She was very attractive and of marrying age. Historical fun fact. A young woman is considered to be of age when she turns 13 years old. Just like boys become men at age 13. However, women at this time were often married around this time because it was shortly after they started puberty and they were developmentally ready to have children. So we know that this young woman that Abraham's servant sees is at least 13 years old. Abraham's servant got up and ran to her. Please draw me some water to drink. She replied, drink my lord. And she drew up water for him to drink. While he was drinking, she said, I will also draw up water for your camels to drink until they are completely full. She went back and forth from the well to the camels until all ten camels had their fill of water. All the while, Abraham's servant is watching in amazement. Who is this woman? Once she had finished watering all the camels, Abraham's servant gave her gold rings, bracelets for her wrists, and said, Who is your father? Is there room to stay in his house tonight? She answered, I am Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor, and we have plenty of straw and room for you to stay tonight. Then Abraham's servant bowed down low to the ground and worshipped Yahweh, saying, Blessed be the Lord who has shown me steadfast love to my master Abraham, for the Lord has led me straight to the house of my master's kinsmen. Then Rebekah ran and told her mother these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, who, after hearing these things from Rebekah, ran to meet the man by the spring. He said, Come to my house. We have prepared a room for you and a place for your camels. So Abraham's servant followed Laban, and they went back to his house. They gave him water to wash his feet, straw and water for the camels, and food for him to eat. Are you seeing the hospitality theme here? But Abraham's servant went off script and declined the food by saying, I will not eat until I say what I need to say. So they gathered around while he recapped all that had happened. He tells them that he is Abraham's servant and about the oath he swore to Abraham not to find a wife for Isaac in Canaan, but from his father's house in Mesopotamia. He told them about his prayer to Yahweh and how Rebekah offered him a drink and water the camels also, and how he had given her a golden ring and bracelets and worshipped Yahweh for sending him straight to Abraham's kinsmen. Then Laban said, The Lord is with you. Take Rebekah with you, and she will be the wife for your master's son. Then Abraham's servant brought out all the jewelry of silver and gold and garments and gave it to Rebekah. To her brother and mother, he gave costly ornaments. They ate and drank and spent the night there. The next morning, Abraham's servant was getting ready to leave when Laban and Rebekah's mother said, Let the young woman remain with us for ten days, and then she can go. But the servant was adamant that he had to head back to Abraham now. So they decided to call Rebekah and let her decide. 
if she wanted to go now or in ten days. So they called her into the room and asked her, Will you go with this man? Rebecca responded, I will go. So she packed up with her nurse. Her family said their blessings over her, and she left with Abraham's servant. Now Isaac had been out in the fields near Bir Lahi Roy, tending to the fields, when he looked up and saw camels in the distance. When Rebecca saw him from far away, she hopped off her camel and asked the servant, Who is that in the field? And he said, That is my master. So Rebecca took her veil and she covered her face. Then Abraham's servant told Isaac all that had happened, and Isaac took Rebekah to be his wife, and he loved her. And so Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And that is where our story for today ends. Isaac and Rebekah, newlyweds, together because of the leadership of Abraham and the faithfulness of the servant and the steadfast love of Yahweh. So let's dig into our story a little bit. We open our story with Abraham calling his servant to make an oath. Now in 2021, we think about making a promise like a scout's honor or a pinky promise. But in ancient Near East, oaths and vows were taken very seriously. Much like a covenant agreement, but without the animals. Instead, the covenant of an oath was one's word before the gods. For one to make this kind of oath, they would have to acknowledge that the gods had the authority to ensure that the oath was kept. Remember, the gods controlled everything that happened in the ancient world. So for them, this was a very serious oath. Because the gods could literally destroy them if they failed to uphold their end of the bargain. In Abraham's case, he and his servant made a body oath. A body oath had to do with one's body, generally around descendants or burial. This is not the only time we see this type of oath made in the Old Testament. Isaac asked his son Joseph to make this type of oath when he makes him swear not to leave his bones in Egypt, but take them back to the promised land. Abraham tells his servant to put his hand under his thigh. As mentioned earlier, this is an euphemism. Disclaimer, if you don't want the details of this oath, go ahead and skip ahead 15 seconds. A body oath was mostly used between family members to swear a promise, because it was personal. To make a body oath, one who is agreeing to the oath would put their hand under the other party's thigh. This is a euphemism for genitals. So to literally say, put your hand under my genitals and swear an oath by God. This particular oath is believed to connect the covenant of circumcision with the covenant oath they are swearing. Some scholars believe that the punishment for this oath being broken would be the death of the party's children or even the infertility of the party who broke the promise. So to break the oath was to lose the hope of descendants and therefore lose the ability to keep the family name alive. 
Remember, in the ancient Near East, the tradition, and therefore the expectation, was to leave all the inheritance of the father to the oldest son. And this tradition was passed down from generation to generation to generation. This is how the memory of family members stayed alive. But without descendants, all that goes away, and no one is there to remember your name. You're standing in society to care for your family you left behind. So there's a lot writing on this oath they are making. And understandably, Abraham's servant is a little anxious, which is why he asks, What if she doesn't come back with me? He doesn't want to be punished because some girl in a foreign country said no. Abraham, understanding where his servant is coming from, offers him a way out. If she says no, then you will be freed from my oath. Only don't find a wife for my son among the Canaanites or let him move to her city in Mesopotamia. Abraham asked his most trusted servant to make this body oath that he will go and find a wife for Isaac from Abraham's father's house and not find a wife among the Canaanites where they were living. Now you may be asking, why? Why go through all this trouble? Why go all the way back to your father's house to find a wife for your son? Why not just find someone who lives nearby? That would surely be easier. And the reason comes down to values. Abraham's brother Nahor had similar values as Abraham. He understood that Abraham left to follow the personal god Yahweh. Unlike the Canaanites in the land who, at this point, did not recognize Yahweh as a deity at all. Abraham did not want his son to be led away from the call of Yahweh by a wife who worshipped a Canaanite god and didn't acknowledge Yahweh as Lord, the one true God. In addition to this, Abraham didn't want Isaac to leave the promised land because Yahweh had established his covenant with Abraham's descendants, who he promised would possess the land of Canaan. And Abraham did not want his son tempted to break that covenant him and Yahweh had made. So for that reason, Abraham sent his servant to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor, to his brother's house to find a wife for Isaac. This city was just north of Haran, where Abraham's father, Terah, had set up his bet of. Remember, when Terah died, Nahor became the patriarch and took over the bet of. But when Abraham's servant arrives, the patriarch had been passed down again to Bethuel, son of Nahor. When Abraham's servant arrives in the city of Nahor, he made his ten camels kneel outside the city. There could be a couple reasons for this. One, depending on the gates of the city, it could be difficult to get camels through the city gates. They often would have the camels kneel to kind of inch or crawl their way through the gates. Another reason could be unloading the bags and gifts that he had brought with him for the girl he was hoping to find. So to unload all the bags off of the camels, they had them kneel down because it was easier for them to get to it. Lastly, kneeling was a way for the camels to rest. It was a long journey from the Negev to the city of Nahor, and the camels needed to rest. Once the servant got all the camels resting, he prays down on his knees, saying, Yahweh, God of my master Abraham. Now, why does he say it that way? 
He knows who Yahweh is. Surely Abraham has talked about it. Well, Yahweh is a personal God. At this time, only one person had direct connection to Yahweh, and that was Abraham. The servant is calling on Abraham's God for favor. He wants to be successful in his mission to find Isaac a wife, but there are hundreds of people. Finding a good wife for Isaac would be no easy task. So he asks his master's God, Yahweh, for help. And Yahweh leads him straight to Rebekah. Now, we can't go on without stopping and talking about this proposition Abraham's servant puts on God. He asks Yahweh to have the woman who not only offers him a drink, but also to give water to all ten camels until they are completely full. That is a massive feat, and let me tell you why. One thirsty camel can drink up to 135 liters of water in under 15 minutes. That's 35 and a half gallons of water in 15 minutes. And he had 10 camels with him. Assuming Rebecca was carrying even a gallon jug, which is highly unlikely, it would have taken several hours to water all of these camels. Not to mention, she likely only had one bucket. So she would have to draw water, carry it outside the city, let one camel drink from the bucket until it was empty, then go back to the well to draw water again, and do it over and over and over again. Oh, but did I mention that all this was happening during the evening hours? So she was not even the only person drawing water at this time. By the time she finished watering all of the camels, it was well past dark. I do have to wonder what her family was thinking. Surely someone would have asked the question, why is Rebecca taking so long to retrieve water? Remember, this was a young woman's task. Part of her taking care of the home is drawing water every morning and evening, and she probably perfected the time it took to draw water for her household. So it would be a little scandalous for her to return home so late with jewelry and a male servant in tow. But her brother Laban runs out to meet Abraham's servant and invites him into the house, showing him that ancient Near Eastern hospitality we know and love. But the servant refuses to partake in the ritual until he says what he came to say. And the whole family gathers round to listen to him. Retelling the story of Abraham and his oath about Yahweh. After hearing these things, Laban agrees for Rebekah to marry Isaac. The next thing we should discuss is marriage in the ancient Near East. Marriages were often arranged by the parents of the two getting married long before they even meet. Generally, they would make this arrangement when the boy was about eight or nine and the woman was a baby. Yes, there is a major age gap, but this was on purpose. The intent was, by the time the marriage would actually happen, the man needed to be well established in society. Have a job, be building onto his father's bet off. The woman, on the other hand, 
was married shortly after her 13th birthday, or around the time she began her monthly cycle. This would be the sign that she was developmentally ready to have children, and therefore carry on the family name, at which time the groom's family would pay the bride price. This often was in the form of jewels, fabric, livestock, and other precious gifts. Now, these gifts would vary based on the value of the woman. If she was in a higher class family, such as royalty, the bride price would be higher than if she was in a lower class family. These gifts also were to show the bride's family that the man was wealthy enough to provide for her, take care of her, and support a family. So the groom paid the bride price, he would be approved to marry the girl. In Abraham's case, he sent his servant to find a bride for Isaac. When his servant arrived and found Rebekah, he gave her gifts, offering a large sum for the hand of Rebekah. Laban, Rebekah's brother, agreed to these terms and approved her marriage to Isaac. The last thing I want to point out is Rebekah saw Isaac from afar, and once she knew that it was him, she covered her face with a veil. You may be asking, why did she cover her face? They were betrothed to be married. Shouldn't he be able to see her face? Well, in keeping with the ancient Near Eastern custom, women would cover their face with a thick veil hiding their features until the wedding night. This was intended to create a level of implied intimacy. Unveiling the bride was a very intimate act between a bride and a groom. So, by putting on the veil before seeing Isaac, Rebecca is foreshadowing their intended relationship. Rebecca was intended to be Isaac's bride, so she covers her face. And that's where we end our story today. A very precious and special meet-cute of one of the most stable relationships in the entire Bible. But this story teaches us about a personal God who cares about your relationships. Before we go, I want to close our time together by reading the scripture from which our story comes from today in Genesis chapter 24. I hope that as you listen to this chapter being read that you will embrace all that we have learned and that this passage will be illuminated for you. Let's read. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife from my son from the daughters of Canaanites, among whom I am living, but you will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife from my son Isaac. The servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you don't take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's house and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. 
So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharim and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time the women go out to draw water. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, Please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, Drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a maiden. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After he had given him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels, too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely and learned whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. The young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, he had heard Rebekah tell what the man said to her. He went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels, and the water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then a food was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. Then tell us, Laban said. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. 
My master's wife, Sarah, was born him a son in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, What if the woman will not come back with me? He replied, The Lord before whom I have walked faithfully will send an angel with you and make your journey a success, so that you can get a wife for my son from my own clan and from my father's family. You will be released from my oath if, when you go to my clan, they refuse to give her to you. Then you will be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I am standing beside this spring. If a young woman comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please let her drink a little water from your jar, and she says to me, Drink, and I'll draw water for your camels too. Let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying, in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water, and I said to her, Please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulders and said, Drink, and I'll water your camels too. So I drank, and she watered the camels also. I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, whom Milica bore to him. Then I put the ring on her nose and bracelets on her arms, and I bowed down and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to get to your granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so I may know which way to turn. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go. Let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry, articles of clothing, and gave him to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed the night. When they got up the next morning, he said, Send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, Let the young women remain with us ten days, so that you may go. But he said to them, Do not detain me, now that the Lord has granted success in my journey. Send me on my way, so I may go to my master. Then they said, Let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebekah and asked her, Will you go with this man? I will go, she said. And they sent their sister, Rebekah, on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Bir Lahiroi, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the fields one evening to meditate, and he looked up, and he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, 
the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Thank you for listening to today's episode of our Ancient Future Story. I hope that you really enjoyed it. This episode was written and produced by Vic Harmon, executive produced by Amanda Gillum. Music is Embarking on an Adventure by Evan McDonald. Please support the show by subscribing and rating us. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Our Ancient Future Story. See you next time.